welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today. Got a little bit of a different interview for you for this episode. I am always keen to hear different experiences of being on farm and um, different perspectives of people who might be experiencing life or work on an Australian farm for the first time. And there are a group of people who are vital to the Australian agricultural industry in that there are many industries that rely on this group of people, particularly for their seasonal labour. And those are backpackers or working holiday makers. Recently, I came across uh, an Irish backpacker currently undertaking his 88 days on a Tasmanian dairy farm on TikTok. And I reached out to him to see if he'd be willing to come and talk to us about his experience. And he was. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Jamie Stapleton. Hailing from Ireland, Jamie Stapleton arrived in Australia three months ago. Travelling to Australia is something that Jamie had wanted to do for a long time, and after saving up and applying for his visa, he arrived earlier this year. In order for working holidaymakers to obtain their second-year visa in Australia, they have to do 88 days of regional work. Jamie and his friends chose to undertake their 88-day requirement on a Tasmanian dairy farm. And along the way, Jamie has been sharing his journey on TikTok with funny videos and vlogs of day-to-day life of working on a dairy farm. And some of his most recent videos have gotten more than 300,000 views. I really enjoyed this chat with Jamie. Like I said, it's always fantastic to get different perspectives of what it's like for different people working on Australian farms. And I certainly don't think Um, we get to hear what it's like for backpackers very often. So I was so happy that Jamie said yes and agreed to chat with me today. It is Jamie's last week on the dairy farm and he is off on other adventures around Australia after that. But I do hope you'll go and give him a follow because he's a fantastic guy and I'm sure you'll love his content as much as I do. Here's Jamie. Jamie, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. How are you going today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Been a great um, morning. Jamie, when you look outside, what is the weather like? What's the day been like where you are? It's kind of an overcast day here in northwest Tasmania. I'm based in Smithton at the moment doing my regional work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the climate is kind of similar where I'm from in Ireland, kind of rainy, kind of overcast, <laughs> what I'm used to back home. Yeah, sounds about typical for Tassie at this time of year, I would imagine. Um, yeah. So, Jamie, you just touched on it, but tell us, uh, where are you from? Tell us about yourself. So, I'm from Ireland and I came to Australia three months ago. And when we came here, we were just like straight away. We wanted to get our farm work out of the way. Um, so that's what we kind of did. Um, if you don't know what the farm work is, basically when you come to Australia as someone from Ireland, the UK or any other countries, you have to do regional work to get your second year. 
you can stay for the first year without doing any regional work. But if you want your second year, you have to do either regional work, farm work or get sponsored. So we went the route of doing regional work because it can be quite hard to get sponsored. You have to get in with a company and like even if you're there a year, you still mightn't be guaranteed that they'll sponsor you. So this is kind of the guaranteed route. Um, so this is what we choose. So when we got to Sydney for the first seven days here, we just were grafting, trying to find our farm work. And we finally found it. I think we found it seven days in. And then we we're like, we can fly out to Tasmania in three days. Um, we just wanted to gather ourselves before coming out here, get some warm clothes. Um, but yeah, then after three days there, um, we came and came to Tasmania and started working on a dairy farm. Um, but the thing is, we never imagined ourselves working on a dairy farm. When we were coming out, we were all set on solar panel farm working. Um, because my friend had done that before and she was like, the money is good. They put you up. Uh, so we were like, that would be ideal. But we couldn't get into it. I think the demand for backpackers looking for jobs, trying to find the regional work at the moment is just crazy. So it's so hard to find something um, to get your second year. So what we ended up doing, I actually went to get my hair cut in Sydney and I was talking to the girl who's an Irish barber and she mentioned that she did her farm work in a dairy farm. So even though we were set in solar panel farms, I went home and told the girls and we were like, will we look at dairy farms? And one of the girls, Trina, was like, I'll have a look now. We were kind of at the end of our search. We were like, oh, we can't be bothered anymore looking for regional work. And she was like, I'll just do one last thing. I'll email these dairy farms and see how we get on. So she sent off a BCC email to like 30 dairy farms with four of our CVs saying we all came from dairy backgrounds. Well, farm backgrounds, should I say. Um, two of the girls' dads would be dairy farmers and then my dad and one of the other girls' dads would be beef farmers. So we all did have a bit of farming experience. So she emailed them off all her CVs and then they got back to us this farm in like 30 minutes saying that they had just had four backpackers leave and they needed four backpackers to fill their place. So that's how we ended up here in Tasmania. It was just, I think we emailed at such a good time, like we were very lucky. We emailed the day the others just happened to leave um, and they left unexpectedly as well. So it worked out ideal for the fire manager and for us. Yeah, unreal. Sounds like um, that was incredibly fortunate. So um, you've been talking about the girls you're travelling with. Are they people you met after arriving in Australia or were they friends that you had back home? These are all friends I've had back home. So originally when I was planning on moving to Australia, it's always been something I've been thinking of. Um, so this is something I've been thinking about for years. I was meant to go with my friend, Laura, like she came out two years ago um, but I just didn't have the money at the time so I saved up and I was like I'll follow you out Um, so then I was coming out by myself and I was going to meet her obviously when I got here and then my friend Mona was like oh I might come and I was like definitely do so she was she had a job in Ireland she was like oh I'm not sure whether I should leave or whether I should stay Um, but then she ended up deciding she'd come with me then I went out at Christmas with my friend my housemate Patrice and her sister and it was my first time meeting her sister and her sister was saying oh I'm thinking of moving to Australia and I was like oh come with me as well so then we had three people and then 
a month or so later, my friend Ada was like, I think I might move to Australia. So it started off me meant to go on a solo trip to Australia and it ended up the four of us coming. So we actually stopped off in Bali for a month first and just relaxed for a while. Oh, that's we knew rough. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were coming over with the attempt just to um, get our farm work done straight away during the Australian winter so we could enjoy your summer. Um so that was always the plan. So we said we'd give ourselves Bali between Ireland and Australia and then come and do our farm work straight away. But how cool to be travelling with a group of people um, that you sort of had an inbuilt community and support system. Because I imagine moving across the world, that's got to be one of the hardest challenges is being so removed from your community. 100%. And I think we've all had our bad days, but it would be so much tougher if we were here by ourselves. Um but like when we do have those bad days, we all know what it feels like. So we're all there to comfort each other, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think it would be difficult coming doing your farm work if you wore by yourself. Like if I was to come out now and do it by myself, I think I'd find it much harder. I'd be feel a lot more isolated where I am. Um, whereas there's fact there's four of us. We ended up buying a car when we arrived to Smithton. Um we went on trips to Hobart at the weekends, Launceston, at Burnie. We've went on all these different trips around Tasmania while we're here. So it hasn't just been farming. Like We've been able to get away from the farm and enjoy ourselves as well, which would be harder if we were just here by ourselves. So it's great having a group. And Jamie, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit, bit about sort of the preparation that goes into deciding to move across the world and um, come to Australia and... Um, you know, find farm work. How many sort of years are you planning to do this? And and what does that look like? You talked about not having saved enough money when your first friend came over. If you were happy to share, could you talk to us about sort of ballpark figure, you know, what sort of yeah. preparation you had to do? So I always knew I wanted to come over, but I hadn't done like the proper research into it. Like there is a lot with the fees application. And obviously I think COVID stopped a lot of people from coming um, during those kind of two years from two or three years from 2019 to 2022 um, so that put a stop on it for a lot of people who would have probably come over earlier and I think that's why you see an influx of people coming from Ireland now so I think a lot of people like I have friends coming over now that are just saving up money so for your visa application you have to have five thousand Australian dollars in your bank account or like the equivalent of around 3,500 euro. So I think people try to save up that, but then you want extra money on top of that just for security so that you can come over and travel a bit, like maybe travel en route. I know a lot of people stop at either Dubai or Bali en route just to break it up. Um, So people save up, you can save up the minimum if you want and just save $5,000, but a lot of people would try to save closer to $10,000 or 10,000 euro even in some cases. Um, so people save up a lot of money to make the move over to Australia. Um, but yeah, then you should pay for your visa as well, which is, I think your visa is about $500. And then you have to pay obviously for flights. So there's a lot of expenses that come with moving to Australia. Um, a 24-hour flight isn't cheap. And then if you want to travel on top of that, it's just additional expenses. So I think the biggest thing in preparing to come to Australia is money. Um, the visa t- only takes about half an hour to fill out. 
and I think most people get accepted, but money is the main thing. <clears throat> and then when you arrive here, you kind of start looking at looking for your farm work because I think farmers don't take you seriously until you're in the country. Um, so yeah, we tried organizing some bits before we came over, but it kind of just fell on deaf ears. So we had to do the majority of our organizing for our farm work once we arrived. But that's what it looks like. <laughs> Yeah, so it it is. I mean, it's quite the process, and um, saving ten thousand dollars for anyone is um no easy feat. What did you have a career sort of that you had started before coming to Australia, or you sort of left school and you know were sort of always with this intention of traveling? Yeah, so I had started my. I did a degree in business, and I majored in human resource management, and then I left college or university and went into the corporate world so I started working in a financial services firm called PwC PricewaterhouseCoopers and then I went on to working in a pharmaceuticals firm for the last year before I moved here Um, but the intention was always to come to Australia Um, didn't envisage myself ending up on a dairy farm here but here we are Um, but yeah I'd say once I go back to Sydney I'll go back to my degree and look for a job and maybe HR again. Or um, I was thinking of going into maybe something more similar to marketing because I've been doing a lot of work on my TikToks, a lot of work on my Instagrams. I managed another, a barber's Instagram account before coming out. So I might look into that. But I always think I might come back to farming, even if in very small scale, and just like have a few beef cattle in the field. That's how I started off. So when I was younger, I had a bit of money saved up and I ended up buying two cows. My dad used to be a beef farmer, as I mentioned, and he had reti- like retired farm and, and had an office job. And he got his farm license back and reinstated his herd number so I could start up. And I bought two cattle. I named them Bud and Weiser when I was like 12. <laughs> And I had them, so I bought them in, say, springtime to start of the year. And then towards the end of the year, like I'd have fattened them up for the year with nuts every day. And then I'd sell them on. Then the next year I'd buy four, sell them on. The following year I'd be have enough money to buy eight, sell them on. And then I think after like four or five years, I ended up with 16 cattle um, and sold them on and just had loads of money then. Um, so I think I might go back to that once I get back to Ireland in years to come and just have a bit of land with a few cattle on it. Um, but yeah, I'll have that on the side as I do my HR management or whatever other career path I might choose. It's so great. And I think um, you'll be the envy of a lot of people, um, you know, taking this opportunity for yourself and doing it, you know, while you're young and before you're too settled into too much of a career. You touched on um, your TikTok, which is how I came across you. Um, And I just, I think it's so great the way you and other people like you are just sharing your experience, um, you know, all the ups and the downs of it. Um, How have you found the sort of experience of sharing your journey on TikTok and have people been receptive or what's that been like? I've actually really enjoyed it. I think it's kind of a distraction from the work as well because I find it fun creating these videos and I think the fact people are enjoying them makes me enjoy making them even more. So like the type of videos I've been making is just anything I've been doing day in the lives on the farm. I've been doing 
complaining about when I've had terrible days. I think that's probably the one that you first saw. That one really blew up on this day. I just had an awful day that day. Um, my phone had got rolled over by the tractor. A cow shot in it. <laughs> I bent the gate with the trailer of the tractor and it had to be replaced. I was dropping the calves up to the calving pen and left the trailer of the calf of the left the trailer door open and all the calves were falling out on route up to the pen. So I just had a nightmare day that day. And people really seemed to enjoy me suffer. So that video just happened to blow up, even though I looked terrible, was having bad helmet hair from being on the buggy. But people seemed to enjoy me suffer. So that one went really well. Um, but I think that actually got a lot of views on my other videos as well. Um, and more people saw what I was doing because I see a lot of people commenting saying, oh my God, I never even knew what this 88 days was. Never knew people had to do this. Other people are saying, would you give this man his 88 days already? He's been true enough. Um, but yeah, no, I'm actually really enjoying it there. I think as backpackers doing farming, like it's all new to us. I did obviously beef farming, touched on beef farming before. So it was quite different dairy. So like most of the stuff we're experiencing is new to us. So mistakes are inevitable. Um, I find you just have to not get panicked because when you get panicked is when the mistakes all start happening. Just need to take a deep breath and roll with the punches. Like even this morning I was working and I was feeding out bales and I was looking back as I was like feeding out the bale and drove straight through a temporary fence and didn't even realise till I came back around and I was like oops didn't see that there. <laughs> I just had to take a deep breath be like how do I solve this and I got out and I just fixed it myself um, so yeah things go wrong but I think you just have to That things go wrong in every aspect of life so you just have to roll with the punches and Try to find a solution, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I yes, absolutely have come up. I've certainly enjoyed some of your um, I suppose what you would call fail videos. Um, but I I I am intrigued that you sort of touched on the fact that people don't know what the eighty-eight days is. Um, and I I think that's pretty interesting because um it's quite commonplace. Uh, in terms of uh, it broadly, it happens across a lot of agricultural industries in Australia and other rural industries as well, where, yeah, you have um, people like yourself coming to complete their 88 days, but people don't really understand what that means or why you would need to. Um, you touched on before the fact that you and your friends made the decision that you were going to do your 88 days right up first. And that obviously means that your intention has always been that you wanted to stay for longer than a year. Have you got long-term plans? Yeah, so I think all of us are planning for at least to stay for two years, if not longer. I think I'd definitely like to stay closer to five even though if my mom and my sister listened to this, I don't think they'd be too happy with that. I actually um, outed myself on one of the, my videos when I said that I was planning on staying for five years and my sister commented, I thought you were staying for one. I was like, oops. Um, but yeah, I think we all, like a lot of Irish people moved to Australia with the plan of staying for two to five years, but I think a lot of people do always end up returning home. So I don't know what... I'll do to end up staying for longer if I do want to. Like in my second year, I can do six months regional work 
to get my third year. Um, but I think other than that, you kind of have to get sponsored. I know if you have earned a certain wage, you can buy out your visa and just pay for it, pay to stay. Um, but you have to be earning a certain wage to have that privilege. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely came with the intention of staying between three and five years and all of the girls that came with definitely came with the intention of staying for more than two years anyway. Um, but yeah, we just love the lifestyle here. Like even when we're in Sydney just for the first week, it was so nice getting up early, going down to the beach for sunrises, even though it was winter, like we were happy out so much warmer than Ireland. <laughs> um, it's like an Irish um, summer, year winter. So uh, the lifestyle is just great here. And yeah. I imagine, so you mentioned some of your friends um, are from a dairy background and you yourself have worked on um, or with cattle before. Um, but I'm wondering, the scale might be a little bit different to back home? Yeah, it's so much different. So farms in Ireland would be a lot smaller. Like Trina's dad would have a farm, I think, with 250 cattle. Um, that's a dairy farm. And then we're here where there's... 1200 to 1400 cattle um so it's a much larger scale i think we're shocked when we arrive and even more shocked now during calvin season because there's just calves popping out of everywhere um like yesterday i think there was close to 50 calves born in like 12 hours and they only had three people on yesterday so i think that's why they recruited us to come in this morning um but yeah, it's crazy the scale here. Like even when we started like milking the twelve hundred cows at the start, um, like up at four AM a milking would last five hours and then back at four PM in the evening to do the same thing all over again. Um, but no, we actually have it's much larger scale, but we're really enjoying it. We're getting our hours for the visa. I think the thing about backpackers is when they are coming to do farm work, they're enthusiastic. And there's an end goal. So I think they don't want to mess it up. Like they don't want to get kicked off the farm or anything because they need their visa. So we really do try to put our best foot forward. And I think that's why probably a lot of farms are looking for us at the moment because we try our best. <laughs> God loves a trier. So yeah, the scale is much bigger, but we've coped. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine you're learning so much as well. What do you think... Um you know, if you could give advice to, you know, anyone else who may be listening to this, thinking about coming to Australia to do, um, to be a backpacker first and foremost, but about doing that 88 days on a dairy farm, what would advice would you give? I think my best advice would be just to get stuck in. I don't think, okay, in saying this, as I say, I don't think you can get, to, like, I know a lot of people might be afraid of the cows or whatever, but I don't think you can get too badly injured on the farm. In saying that, I did get a bad injury. <laughs> but it wasn't from one of the animals. I was actually on work comp for three weeks because I burnt my wrist in boiling water. We're changing the tubing in the parlour. And I dipped my hand. I had like a pair of cotton gloves on and then a pair of blue rubber gloves on over it. And I dipped my hand into the hot water, like with the tubing in it, to pick a piece of tubing out. And when it got up to my wrist, it like scorched the side of my wrist and I had to go to the knee. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably not the best person to advise 
that the farm isn't that dangerous when I had to take three weeks off to get work up. <laughs> but um, no, um, I would just advise to get stuck in. I don't think it's the place for someone who would be afraid of bigger animals. I think if that's your your circumstances and you think you would be afraid standing under a cow or like trying to herd them, I think you'd be better off doing your regional work in somewhere like berry picking, fruit picking, harvest trails. You can do jobs on spud farms. I think you can do scallop splitting. Like there's so many options. You can actually do office work as well in some locations. It can be counted towards regional work like receptionist jobs. Um, you can work in coffee shops. So I think a lot of people think the only option because it's called regional work, but a lot of people call it farm work. Um, so I think people forget that there's the other options of doing it in coffee shops, doing receptionist jobs, as long as it's in a regional area. Um, so if you don't, if you think you'll be afraid, that's why the people before us left, because they were kind of, some of them were afraid of the animals. Um, so they found it very hard. But um, my advice would be, if you're not afraid of the animals, just get stuck in, ask questions. Like if you get an opportunity to do a different job, do it. Like I've been doing crazy stuff I've never expected. Like I never expected myself to be driving a tractor, giving out bales or putting my hand in a cow, feeling for a calf, like any of that, or pulling a calf out of a cow. Like I just never saw myself doing any of this. So, um, but I've actually really enjoyed it and it's been such a learning curve. So my advice would be to just get stuck in, try different things. Um, try not to get shot on by a cow or pissed on. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast, but you definitely can. And I also just think it's part of part of the course, right? I think you kind of have to have that experience at least one time. <laughs> oh yeah, I've avoided it so far, thank God. But Trina, one of the days, got badly shot on, and it actually happened that that day we had a no no electricity at the house, so she couldn't even come home and shower. It was just an awful day. <laughs> it was one of our first days on the farm and like a tree fell and cut the whole electricity off on our street so we had just got here we didn't have a car we had no food in the house well we had some food but we couldn't cook it <laughs> then that happened she couldn't shower we, were, we had done the 4am shift and the 4pm shift and we were just like ah. we still say like that was the worst day nothing will top that on the farm that day we had no electricity wow that's quite the initiation. <laughs> Jamie, yeah. um, if people want to follow along your journey, which they can easily do on TikTok, how can they find you? So my account is Jamie Stapleton54 on TikTok and I'm Jamie underscore Stapleton97 on Instagram, where I also share my farming content. We're actually coming to the end of our 88 days now. We only have four days left. So this is our last week. Um, so they're getting new backpackers. We're leaving this Friday coming and they're getting new backpackers in next Monday so there'll be four people filling their rooms and then we're going traveling to Sunshine Coast and then we'll be moving back to Sydney to find jobs in our professions so if you do want to follow along the journey of us traveling down Sunshine Coast in a camper van or us back in Sydney looking for jobs and looking for somewhere to stay hopefully we won't be living in the camper van in Sydney as well <laughs> uh, but who knows with the cost of rent there 
Um, but yeah, if you do want to follow along the journey, you can find me on either my Instagram or my TikTok. Jamie, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and we wish you all the very best in your journey. And um, yeah, definitely I'll be following along for sure. Thanks so much. This has been amazing. It's such a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.